0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Take Flight podcast with me, Mark Whittle. A peak performance podcast where we speak with the best in the world at what they do. Some of the highest achievers across sport, lifestyle, and business. With the sole aim of inspiring you, the listeners, to take action on your own goals. And hopefully even surpass them. It has been an unbelievable week. Thank you so much to everyone who came to the Take Flight event. Themed all around overcoming adversity to become a better version of yourself. It was one of the most amazing things that Take Flights done. In fact, I'd go as far to say the most amazing thing. The event we did earlier this year with Calm was incredible, and the energy was unreal. But, as these things often do, get better with time. This event was unreal, the venue was fantastic at the office group. The speakers were unbelievable, and the panel just blew me away. Everyone who sat down and listened was just incredible as well. It was so nice meeting so many amazing people on the night so many like-minded people it was one of those things where the energy was right the topic of conversation was bang on the speakers were amazing and i feel like it just inspired so much action off the back of it i've had some amazing messages afterwards as well so thank you so much everyone again who came i can't wait to do the next one now for those of you that didn't make it i am going to be posting the video of both keynote speakers that's louis blake and michael Maisie. you may have heard them on the podcast earlier this year both of them but I'll be posting both of those on the Take Flight TV YouTube channel which is about to go live probably next week and then possibly even the panel conversation as well. So look out for that. You can go to my Instagram page at markwhittle_tf underscore TF and see exactly when that drops. One of the other amazing things that happened on the night was a guided meditation by an unbelievable person who is the guest of this podcast episode. The guest for episode 53 of the Take Flight podcast is Natalia Bojanic. Natalia is incredible. She did the most amazing guided meditation on the evening of the Take Flight event last week. It was all built around challenges that we might be facing at the moment. And she broke down that we might be either facing a challenge currently, having overcome a challenge recently, about to take on a challenge, or be one of those people who is currently doing all three of those things. But she set the evening up perfectly And I'm so thankful for that but about two months before the event I sat down with her to record this podcast episode. So Natalia is the co-founder of the incredible nutrition company and supplement company Form. They're a plant-based company doing incredible stuff and everything that they do is all around mindfulness and it's just such a perfect fit for Take Flight. She's also a meditation teacher. She's also the founder of the Sexy Mind app, which is a meditation app. So everyone go and check that out. And on top of that, she's just an all-round legend. Such a lovely person with an incredible aura, amazing energy. And as soon as she stood up on Thursday night, everyone could tell that she was such a hero. On this episode, we talk all about what meditation is. We talk about the benefits of meditation, what the different types are. So it's perfect for anybody who's looking to get into meditation for the first time. We also talk about life, of course. We talk about the universe providing opportunity at the right time and link all of that back to Natalia's journey. We talk about nootropics, which is something that I've been looking into the last couple of years and something that Form are very highly qualified to be talking about. They have brilliant products that are part of their brand. Things like Z's, which is essentially a product that's going to help you with sleeping. It has the zinc, the magnesium, the 5-HTP, We talk all about what those things are and why they benefit you and help you to sleep. I know that sleep is something that people who are highly ambitious often have problems with. And this product is geared all around helping people with that. They have Edge and Boost as well. All of these are cognitive and performance boosting functions. So whether that's what we said before around sleep or focus or just improving all around brain health. We haven't even mentioned that it's all protein supplements as well. So before training, after training, general health as well. So definitely go and check those guys out. It's amazing. There's loads on here about how to be more aware of our bodies and be healthier and therefore better in whatever it is that we're doing day to day. And I can't wait to hear any feedback from you guys around what's helped because there's so much gold in this. It's an amazing conversation and I love speaking with Natalia. Please enjoy episode 53 of the Take Flight podcast with Natalia Bojanic, co-founder of Form Nutrition, the Sexy Mind app and all-round legend. Enjoy.
1: In the end of the day, what is more important, it is like, I'm looking at the mirror, how I am feeling. And that is the only thing. It should be used as your, your tape measure. Do you
0: do not, not,
1: not how people are perceiving you, not uh, what people might be talking about you. It's how when you look at yourself in the mirror, you look at yourself, say, okay, I could be doing better. But at which cost? Yeah. At the cost of my health, at the cost of my social interactions, at the cost of my meditation, mm-hmm. at the cost of my exercise, at the cost of like not having a personal relationship, nor being interacting with your family.
0: Yeah.
1: Is that worthy?
0: No, you know, when you want something really <laughs> desperately. or not even desperately. Maybe that's the wrong word, but you're just really passionate. And you love something. And you want it to work. And you're impatient, probably. Maybe it's just impatience.
1: I I, I know because I've been there and I am there. I think one of the things that founders, entrepreneurs that we have is that urge, is that deep desire. And for me, especially because I changed career. So I used to be in a job where I didn't feel really passionate about. Mm. And then I had a transition period where I was lost. I didn't know what to do. I did a PT course in training. I did a yoga training. <laughs> I did like a health holistic course. I studied naturopath an biomedicine.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and at that time I was just like losing money, right? Because it didn't have like yeah. a stable source of but money. But I was living off my savings. But that must
0: have all helped contribute towards what's happening now.
1: To everything that I do. And, and that's why when people come and talk to me, I said, all you have to do is to answer your calling and never give up.
0: Mm, I love that.
1: And understand that when you look behind and you try to kind of connect the dots, everything makes sense, mm. even though at the moment at the the eye of the hurricane Hmm. like it doesn't but you look behind oh yes you know that pt course that i did now help me because now i deal with pt okay the yoga course that i i do it helps me because although i do not um teach asanas having lived in india had had an imprint on the way i live and yoga is way more important than what you're doing on the mat. But actually, once you take your feet off the mat, do you live as a yogi? Do you respect the yoga philosophy? And that's way more important. And in my experience, I'm half dyslexic. I cannot distinguish left and right. I would be like a terrible yoga teacher on the studio. I, I did try <laughs> it, but it was it was a. It was a process of try and error. And that's the only thing that I can encourage people to do it. To see every single experience that you have as it is preparing you. Being knowledgeable is a very important thing. It allows you to have diversity of thinking. So sometimes I'm picking up like information from the time that I worked in luxury industry. Sometimes I'm picking up information from when I studied naturopath biomedicine. Sometimes I'm picking up. So you have like lots of resources to to prepare yourself. Yeah. And, and that's great.
0: Yeah. No, that's amazing. You seem like you've got a good balance because you do all the meditation and mindfulness stuff as well. Um, so, should we start? Yes, yes. <laughs> do you know what? Should we just keep rolling? Well, you
1: you tell me and then okay. if, if the sentences are too long, just do like this yeah. and then wrap up because I know you probably, I don't want to give you too much of a hard job for you to add in. No, no, no.
0: It's going to be amazing. I'll keep it quite raw anyway. So, let me just okay. check my sounds. Mine's, okay, mine's fine. I, th- I love what you have just said. So, let's just keep it. Let's just keep rolling. So, okay. Natalia, welcome to the Take Fight podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. Really thank you. I no, thank
0: you for doing it. So a big thanks to Louis, Louis Blake, who introduced us. Yeah. So thank you to him. Louis, <laughs> you're listening. <laughs> I hope he, you are. He will be. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love Louis, and he is speaking at my next event. Oh, actually. cool. Yeah, just confirmed it. So looking like the third of October.
1: I'm here, so I'm coming. Started. Oh, yes.
0: That would be cool. amazing. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for doing it. I've been really excited. He told me about you ages ago and he sent me links to the business ages ago as well. And then we met for breakfast a little while ago and it came up in conversation again. So he introduced me and I'm pleased we're sitting down in. So we're in Camden. Do you want to explain where you guys are based?
1: Yes, uh, so Form, uh, a company that I'm a co-founder, we have an office just in the midst of Kendall Market, which is great if you like plant-based food, because they have loads of options.
0: <laughs> is there lots of vegan restaurants here?
1: Yes, like, you can have um, pizza, you can have curries, you can have... <laughs> Donuts, you can have everything. You know, as as a, founder, a co-founder of a nutrition company, be talking about like pizza. And,
0: <laughs> and you bought me panna chocolate vegan.
1: Yeah, but I also bought you like the most amazing sprouted, pine nuts covering matcha powder. Should we have one now? So, so, so you can have a bit of both words, right? So you can enjoy your plant-based pan of chocolate mm. or like this matcha covered.
0: Oh my God, that's amazing. It's cool, right? Yeah, what Yeah, It's it? probably so like it's the most
1: expensive almonds you ever have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they're not yours though.
1: No, no, they're, they're oh. not mine. No, they're not mine.
0: They're actually really nice. They're cool,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. Help
0: yourself. Thank you. So... If we start if you just give us a little bit of a background on yourself, maybe where you're from in Brazil, right? -hmm. And then what brought you over to London, that'd be great.
1: Okay. So as you said, I'm Brazilian and I've been living in London for the past twelve years. I told my parents that I was coming to London for six months to learn English. And I tell them that I'm still learning. (laughs) But the long story short, uh, in a country that I arrived without barely speaking the language, I built a successful career in communications. Uh, My last job, when I was still in the corporate world, not not being the CEO of my life, but working for someone else, I used to be a PR director. In a luxury communications agency and worked for brands like Land Rover, Aston Martin, um, Dior, Tacoya. Um, That answers, right? Do you want me to keep talking? Yeah, that's
0: brilliant. I mean, what what got you into the role? Were you in a capacity of communicating, because it's Portuguese, Brazilian, right? Yes. So were you speaking to Portuguese? No, no, no.
1: Oh, no. Right. I, I was actually speaking like I was in the London office. Ah. Like sometimes the only, not only foreign person, but the only not English person in the whole of the office, which was intimidating. Yeah. But before I got there, because of course I came to study English six months later, Uh, my English was a little bit better and one of the reasons that my English got better was not because my my school I was going to the school and then I realized that I'm not going to learn English properly if I'm just speaking with foreigners so I need to speak with proper like British people and I my first job here was a waitress
0: really whereabouts
1: uh, in uh, in a club, it's in Saint James Square ah. that it's a naval and military club, which was like really exciting because I was running like this. It was like the kind of the cafeteria, and these people that have been to war would come to have like the tea and cake, and they would share the experiences. And that was where my English really improved. And then it got me the confidence to then start working as a sales assistant yeah. at Liberty, and then again interacting because learning how to express yourself in a different language um, it's It's a tricky process like you, you do not want to sound stupid right mm-hmm. so that's one of like the biggest barriers for people to learning anything new, like to understand that in order to get it right, you were gonna get it wrong and that is applicable to anything and everything that you do in life Mm. and then the attitude that you have to have it is uh, number one don't care too much about it (laughs) (laughs) and then number two accept that by making mistakes you learn how to be better yeah um a- and that's what I did, and that's what I did, and I still make mistakes when I speak, and you're probably going to listen some of them. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. I think the most important thing it is what you have to say, and not what you say. If that how what you have to say, and not how you say. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely.
0: Okay. So, what your story is doesn't matter necessarily how you're saying it.
1: Yeah, you can have someone with like a, a, a perfect, eloquent grammar, but like just so boring and you speak without like any passion or without like any spirit behind it. And I think uh, throughout all the different things that I've done in my life, I think even like when I was waitressing and now when I run a company, I think the bottom line of everything that you do in order you to be successful in whatever you are doing, like as a waitress, it is to do with passion. Hmm. To really put yourself in the shoes of the person that you're serving and... How do you want to serve that person? How do you want to impact the day of that person? And that can be by like treating people nicely. That can be by making products nicely. That can be by having a company with like really outstanding customer relationships. And, and I think that's what matters most.
0: Mm, amazing. Such a difficult thing to do though. People often can't put themselves in other people's shoes and try and understand how they feel and what it is that they need.
1: And, and, I, and I believe in one of the reasons why I teach meditation, it is because the root of every social, economical, environmental problem, it is the self-centered mind. It's the people who have that self-referential way of thinking and are not able to expand your awareness to others. Actually, you are not even aware that you're unaware of your feelings, your emotions, Uh and your thoughts. And then from the moment that you see it and you start watching them, you develop that perspective. And from that place of perspective, you also realize that everyone is connected. And the same way that we all have an impact in one way or another. By not having an impact or by actively having an impact, we are touching people's lives with every choice we make.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think that's so amazing. Do you know what? I'm really interested to hear your opinion on this. It's something I literally read last night and it blew my mind. It's something that probably maybe a couple of years ago I might not have even understood. But I think I'm in the part of my journey where it kind of really resonated with me. You're speaking in a book called Everything is Fucked. The follow-up book by Mark Manson. I don't know if you've read it.
1: Or no, not. I haven't.
0: Um, have you heard of his first book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? No, I haven't. No. So um, strong language. No, it I'm is choking. strong language. No, I'm I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you both because I think you'll enjoy both. Thank you. But he's speaking about these three phases of life, essentially: so childhood, adolescence, and adulthood, and how our kind of approach to things changes. And I think with that, what made me think of it is because when your approach to these things changes, it changes your ability to have that awareness. So the first stage, that childhood thing, was very much a case of looking for your pleasures, just reacting on pleasures. So I see ice cream, I or eat ice cream. And then as you grow older, you get into adolescence, you go, I see ice cream, but when I eat ice cream, I get fat. Or when I get... Eat ice cream, I get guilty. Or if I take it, someone will tell me, why are you eating so much ice cream? So I feel bad about myself. So then you start to attach negative negative emotions to that feeling of pleasure. So then you might do it less or you'll think more about it before you do it. And he went on to expand around adolescence, around a lot of our interactions with people around this as we learn to put emotions to different experiences are from a position of trading things. So I want to do this. Because I think I'll get something else, you know? Like, so if we're sitting here, if I was from that mindset, I'd be like, I wanna speak to Natalia because I know loads of people are are gonna listen to my podcast from Natalia. It's a trade off. Rather than when you get into that adulthood stage, you're doing it from a place of what you were speaking about, which is contribution, impacting other people, providing something that's gonna help other people, and having an awareness that everything that you do does impact somebody else.
1: And the reason that everyone is fucked is because we're still in our childhood, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it that what the book says? That's what it says, yeah. (laughs) You don't need to read it. (laughs) I I, I, I read all this stuff, but it's as simple as that. We do not need to overcomplicate. We do not need to overcomplicate. That's, again, that's why in addition to, I believe as soon as I, I woke up, And a lot of people think that meditation, one of the reasons that people use meditation, it is to help them sleep. But if you go back to the tradition, if you go back and the tradition that I studied is Buddhism, meditation makes you wake you up. That's, That's what it does. Meditation is not to make you relaxed. Meditation makes you alive
0: because it brings you into the present
1: not only brings you to the presence but um, one of the the things that when you start meditation it is for example you become more conscious of Mm -hmm. your breath and by the time that you become more conscious of your breath you can become more conscious and you invite consciousness into your life by the time that you start like watching your thoughts watching your feelings watching your emotions then you gain awareness and high definition resolution about who you are and who you want to be. In addition to that, um, it also strengthens your connection with your higher self. Soon as you start listening to the different voices in your head, you realize that you might have one that is your cheerleader; it you know, is the one that is there to encourage you, to motivate you, to like put you on the right right path. And then there is another voice that is there to put you down, to say that you're not good enough, that you're not able to do that. And there is a, a beautiful story that another way, another analogy that you can compare like these two other voices that there is a wolf that it's angry and it's aggressive and it's not easy to be tamed and there is the other wolf that is compassionate that it's kind and then the little girl goes which one is going to win it is the angry it is the one that is violent or it is the one that is kind or it is the one that is compassionate the one that is going to wing it is the one that you feed. And when you sit and you meditate, you can cultivate a state of mind that you're either like feeding anger, resentment, or you are feeding compassion, you are feeding kindness. And what people don't realize is that meditation, it is a form of mental training. It's not like this woo-woo-woo, very fairy like mm-hmm. mystical, crazy experience. Uh, you know, uh, th- there is space for that too. <laughs> <laughs> but the way I've been trained and uh, the way that I share, um, it's not. It's a way of training your attention. Yeah. And where you put your attention defines everything else in your life, right?
0: Mm -hmm. I was going to talk about meditation towards the end of the chat, but let's talk about it now instead and we can talk about the form and the the business and how that all began later. So I've loved meditation. I was introduced to it about five years ago and it's had a massive impact on me and we were speaking before we hit record that I can notice that I haven't been doing it recently because I feel tired and a bit overwhelmed and everything else. So... Do you want to talk about how you first got into meditation?
1: Yes, I can. Just, just before I, I said that, maybe, you, I don't know if you want to record that, but so I can help you. Yeah. Um, what type of meditation did you practice?
0: So I practiced transcendental meditation. Okay, so have you, have your,
1: you have your mantra. Yeah. And with TM, you have to do like 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes. in Yeah, and evening.
0: I only really ever do it in the morning.
1: Only do have in the morning, and probably one of the reasons that you stop doing it is because you realize, oh God, I do not have like twenty minutes to sit. I might as well not do, not exactly. do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. I study Vedic meditation as well, okay. and, and, and 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 we can talk about that uh, later. But um, just as a like a thought, it is that meditation sometimes it is like going on a swimming pool. Sometimes you might just get like the tip of your toe in the swimming pool and that's going to be it sometimes you're going to like dive in really deep but either way you got wet right Mm -hmm. and that's what people need to understand people need to understand that a meditation that you do is better than a meditation that you don't do so i understand we do live busy lives and especially if you're tired especially if you're suffering from lack of sleep, it is better that you sleep than waking up earlier to meditate, but make sure that you take at least like three minutes of your day to hang out with yourself. Okay. And then bear in mind that if you do not have three minutes in your day to hang out with yourself, you really need to revisit the priorities that you have in life. See that was a sign. not The
0: phone <laughs> <ringing>. <laughs> perfect timing. <laughs> Sorry, no, I cool. never don't put it on airplane mode. Okay. You
1: uh, Everything happens for a reason. Yep. <laughs> so, maybe those a part of the podcast. You should be paying attention to. <laughs> should we talk oh, about
0: my journey perfect. to meditation yes, now? Yes, please. I'd like oh. to ask, ask you some more questions. Out that we could do it later. But yeah, tell okay. us how you got oh. into meditation.
1: So. I, there was a time, uh, if, if we go like back, 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 back on my childhood, I was, I was born before my time, so I was in a rush to come to this world, and as a consequence, my lungs were not fully developed, and when it was time to go to school, my mom would take me to school, which I loved, but I would get like a lot of infections, I, I was one who was allergic to Everything, and then the doctor told my mom don't don't take her to school, take her to the beach at the time I was uh, we lived by the sea in Brazil, and that's what my what my wise mom did and at that stage I, I was I was learning how to be on myself, right I was not going to school like my mom would take me to the beach, and my first teacher was the sea, and I still remember. Uh, when I became first aware of, like, the different voices in my head. And I first remember, like, enjoying that moment of solitude and being on my own. And I think probably there was the moment of, like, being integrated with nature, being with myself. It really prepares you to stillness. Meditation, it is the art of stillness. Another thing that was a valuable lesson for me was understanding that if I stayed in the surface of the sea, I would struggle. I, I, I wouldn't have strength to fight the waves. However, if I dive deep, there was a space of quietness and that's where you're safe. Hmm. And then again, that's what meditation does it meditation takes you from that tsunami that it might be happening on the surface of your thoughts of your feelings your emotions and takes you to that deep level of mind where you know you're safe you know you're supported you know you can surrender Hmm. And then, and then, so that was like the early stage of my life, and not that I was born a meditator. But I'm just <laughs> making an analogy.
0: Yeah, how well, old? How old were you then?
1: Oh, I was um, three, four, five. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Ha- but 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 now, after have done lots of meditation, and I get into that, yeah, I can give you that analogy, and I can yeah. trace that parallel. You can reflect back and realize exactly. that's what it was, and realize that we are born with the ability of meditating. Like meditating is not a state of mind as much as being awake, being sleeping or being dreaming. Meditation is not a state of mind that is built into our nervous system. But what happens is that we live in this society where, where we are constantly bombarded by information and literally our senses are being assaulted with the demands and the deadlines that we have. So we kind of lost the ability of being present with what it is in front of us. Our minds are either ruminating about the past or overthinking about the future. Hmm. Yeah. And so what we need to do, it is just training ourselves again to be in the present. Training ourselves to cultivate a positive state of mind. That's all that we need to do, and uh, the way that I reconnected with the practice it was through yoga. I was going through a different, difficult time of my life, uh, and that was uh, getting through divorce, and I had like this most incredible husband, uh, an incredible human being, very kind to me, uh, that I met. When I was in London for about six months, and I used to say that there is London before and after him um but after and and we it's a bit of a crazy story because we met, we got engaged, uh we lived together, and we got married in an interval of a, a year and wow. four months of this year I was back in Brazil. <laughs> But we live um, very happy five years. But when it was got to the stage of buying a house or potentially having a kid, I, I didn't feel I was ready for that. I, I didn't feel that's where I wanted to be. So I, I decided that it was better for me to be on my own which was like so... It's still like one of like the hardest things that I've done in my life because it was almost like giving back an incredible gift that you have received from the universe. And when I was going to this transition time that I was really sad, um, I was going to yoga a lot. It was like my church. It was the match. That was the place where I found connection. That was the place where I found strength. That was the place what I could breathe. And, and then from that on, I realized that I was also like working in PR. That is a, a very stressful job. I had like about three phones, an inbox with 400 emails. And I realized that I couldn't depend on going to my yoga studio to be able to find space to quiet down my mind, to find my cool. And that's when I, I downloaded the Headspace app. Hmm. And from the moment that I started listening to Andy, I had like my little notebooks and I would start like taking notes, taking notes, taking notes because I say, Oh my god, that is fascinating. Like gaining a deeper understanding about myself is like the most important thing that one can do. And then I was practicing, practicing, practicing and then things were changing in my life. I I did get divorced. Uh, I did change of career. I ended up moving to the U.S. to do a health holistic course where I was exposed to a variety of like trainers, like from a lady, super spiritual, like who started meditating when she was like four years old and you do like past regression meditation. Have
0: you done a past regression? Yeah. Wow.
1: And to someone <laughs> who is just this like doctor who all he takes you is like breathing in, breathing out.
2: <laughs> That's wow. all he
1: does. So I was there for three months being exposed to all these practices and anything in between. And then it starts like pressing even more. And then I did Vedic meditation. I had a brilliant teacher, Gio Lavender. She is really, really great teacher. And then I started doing Vedic meditation. And then more and more, like you know, you're just like peeling off the layers and getting deeper in yourself, searching inside yourself. Then I went to India. <laughs>
2: <Then>
1: <laughs> I did a, a yoga teacher training. I did like 200 hours teacher training, and my teacher he he's he has he's someone who has a very interesting training because his asana practices or like the physical aspect of yoga he learned from yanga who is like the reference he was like the Mm. indian sage who brought ashtanga to the western world and not only that but he also made it available for everyone not just for the people who are physically fit but someone who trying to recovering from injuries and blah 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 and the meditation side of it he was trained by osho who is a yeah. highly controversial figure, mm-hmm. but if you read his books, he. Speak- I've listened
0: to one of the audio books. Yeah.
1: yeah, he speaks with the mind with such clarity, so I was trained by him. And then there was wow. also in India that I got uh, in touch with, and started start studying Tibetan Buddhism. So the Dalai Lama, he's the head of Tibetan Buddhism, and seems like I found like Tibetan Buddhism, I, I felt home. Oh, and in, in tibetan buddhism you have all sorts of meditation you have like very simple meditations where all you do is focusing on your breath until like more complex and more like evolved practices but it, it really helps you training your attention training your awareness in different ways and i think that's what it's important is seeing meditation as a modality like like sports right some people like running some people like swimming some people like lifting weights with meditation is the same things you have like a series of techniques that might be suitable for certain type of people and might be suitable for other type of people Mm -hmm. and understand that that your job when you're looking to train your body or train your mind what you have to do is finding the modality that resonates with you Mm -hmm. And I lived in a monastery, like, after a year, I no went. <laughs> after a year, I, I, I went training. Um, in, I did, like, a, a lumbering course in Nepal in a monastery called Kopan. I was there, like, for four weeks, waking up for 30 in the morning and pressing, like, until, like, late in the night, depending on the teachers that were teaching. But what was really inspiring about being in a monastery is that you're a monk. And if anyone puts the same level of effort, if anyone puts the same level of discipline to any aspect of their lives as these monks put into their spiritual life, you would be like so successful. Um, and that was really cool. We you, were you
0: allowed to speak it in the monastery. Um,
1: so, so you were there for like a month, so it was not like a full silent retreat. But you could speak for certain times of the day. Okay. wow. So after lunch uh, and before, and, uh, like between one and three in the afternoon, you could speak.
0: Between one and three? Yeah, Okay. roughly. So how difficult was that then? Because then you are, you are stuck in your mind then with your thoughts. How did you deal with that?
1: Well, there is another way of, instead of like stacking like you have the opportunity of indulging on yourself. Hmm. <laughs> right? um, silent retreats. I, I've done all the silent retreats. Okay. But of course, this is, is like the longest one that I've done. And, and it's not like fully silent. I, I always thought there would be like an impossible thing like to, to shut me up. Right. I, I like speaking. I'm a communicator. <laughs> I, I love like sharing. But I realize when you are silent, it's an incredible practice for develop and enhancing your ability to listen. Not only listening to others, but listening to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And in order to have an effective communication with yourself, your own internal language, you need to listen to it. And I understand that sometimes that can be a little bit um, difficult because sometimes like thoughts will come like in a lot of speed and sometimes the language that we have with ourselves is not kind enough. So you don't want to hear it. But with with patience and with perseverance, you you realize that, that it can be done. And then when you communicate with others, you're truly listening.
0: Yeah, it's one of the most powerful things I've started to by no means an expert, but I'm starting to practice watching the thoughts and the emotions that come up in different experiences. So if it's a it might be a moment of confrontation, for example, in a meeting or at work or something like that, and you watch how your body reacts to that, how the emotions come in, anger, whatever it might be. And in, in the past, it might have been a, a quick red mist react moment, but learning to watch and be like, oh, that's interesting. Like, that's triggering me.
1: Yeah, and I, I teach emotional intelligence and mindfulness in, in the corporate world, right? And when I go and I teach like this two-day course, that is a course that was developed at Google and um, born and developed by the thought leaders in neuroscience, mindfulness and emotional intelligence. There is a very interesting practice because for people who are not used to sit to meditate, what you need to give them are tools that they can use to integrate in the daily life. And we are triggered all the time. We yeah. might be triggered by a, 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 in a meeting, or we might be triggered by an email, or we might be triggered by a text message. And there are or five... All at
0: the same time. <laughs> like
1: being assaulted. And there are like five steps okay. for you to manage that. And okay. that's a takeaway that everyone can just start doing now. And the first thing that you do, you will stop. So instead of like going from that mode where you react straight away, you stop. Okay. After you stop, you breathe. So when you breathe, you're kind of prolonging that sacred pause and just giving time for your nervous system to come down. And then you notice, you bring your attention to your body. And as you you already said, you just Bring the attention and where is that, where am I feeling that in my, in my body? Do I feel like I'm being punched on my stomach? Can I feel like my cheeks getting red? And then you reflect. Why am I feeling that way? Why is that important? Why is that triggering me? And then you respond. Okay. I know that when I explain like this, it sounds like you're going to be like in front of someone for like five minutes. <laughs> and people might think you're just going mad, but you can do that in few seconds. Yeah. Stop, breathe, notice, reflect and respond.
0: Amazing. That's so good. Okay, awesome. So we can all take that away for sure. Something I thought was interesting and you you spoke really nicely and thanks for sharing about your divorce and some of the hardships that led you to the meditation. I think it's really interesting that with a lot of people who turn to this sort of practice, it usually comes from a place of perhaps negativity or darkness or suffering. And it was my brother who introduced me to meditation. So my mum had a brain tumour about eight years ago and I still have a little bit of guilt about it now, but my reaction was to run away and I went to America to play football. This scholarship had been on the cards for a little while, and then my mum had the the brain tumour operation, and it all happened in a very short space of time. It was quite traumatic, and my reaction was just to keep going with the plans, move to America, kind of not pretend it didn't happen by any means, but remove myself because I, I struggled with it, basically. But my brother's reaction was to seek meditation. So he did the Transcendental Meditation course, um, and raved about it, loved it, got so much benefit from it. I still wasn 't in a position to be able to accept methods like that, because I thought it was a little bit weird to be quite honest. Um, but it wasn 't until I came back from America and i 'd been through two years of really just battering my immune system, playing training every single morning, playing competitive games like twice a week, lifting weights, heavy weights that weren't complementing the cardio side of things so it was really just battering my immune system again and then going out late not sleeping particularly well not sleeping with my circadian rhythm like going to bed really late waking up really late and then not eating particularly well so all these things contributed and when i moved back i got um i was like kind of loosely diagnosed with chronic fatigue so that was a period in my life where i had my identity stripped away from me i couldn't go to the gym anymore couldn't play football wasn't going on nights out because these things... If I, if I exerted myself too much, I was just wiped out for ages. So then, that's when I turned to meditation. That was about five years ago. So I'm just interested to know, from your perspective and the people you've worked with, is that quite a common theme that lots of people come to you or get into this from a place of like suffering or darkness?
1: I don't know if the words would be suffering or darkness, but potentially questioning... And I like to use that, um, that word like questioning, or what can I do to be better, right? And questioning as well that your happiness not necessarily has to come from external things because when your happiness relies solely on external sources, From the moment that something changes, from the moment that something shakes, then you literally, you have nowhere to stand. Mm. And then I I believe that people go and look for this process because that process, there are ways of looking inside. And not necessarily only finding happiness, but also finding answers. And we 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 live in the world that we we normally we we like to Google things, right? <laughs> we we like to Google things, or we like to to ask for advice. But you have to be the master of yourself and understand and. I, I don't know anyone who got answers. I don't know anyone who got stronger. I don't know anyone who got more empathetic, more compassionate, more kind without having experienced any sort of, like, challenges or pain or struggles. But the interesting thing is that, and what, like, differs that from the people who are still, like, in the dark, the people who are still victimizing themselves, is that they went on a search. They went to search inside themselves. They, they were open to, to that realization that there is a higher intelligence and there is a way of, like, perceiving and showing up in the world that is richer, that you live not only thinking of what can you get from the world, but what you can give to the world, hmm. right? And, and in my experience and with the people that I deal with, that only comes from self-studying, that only comes from self-discovery, that only comes from self-inquiry. And if everything, like, it's beautiful around you, it's almost like you do not have, like, the need to to question. Like, coming back to to my studies, like, uh, the Buddha, right? Shakyamuni Buddha, that's what I study. He he lived in a palace, like, his Mm. father literally, like didn't expose him to any suffering like what he wanted he had it he he wouldn't like see anything and then from the moment that he came across a old man a a person with disease a dead body he started questioning he hadn't suffered himself but from the moment that he realized that aging getting sick and dying are three realities that none of us can escape from, even himself, then he starts like looking for answers. And yeah, that's that's my thought on it. I love
0: it. <laughs> I love the story of the Buddha as well. It's amazing, isn't it? It is. whether you've been through it yourself or whether you just see it, and that's the thing that triggers it. I, I get it quite a lot with um, obviously living in London and you see people who are living on the streets, constant reminder of what could happen to you. Not that it's from a place of fear of it happening to myself but just like kind of sadness that it's a thing that exists in the world and it's such a big issue it's like quite a hard thing to think that you could possibly impact but hopefully i might be able to do something and
1: we all are yeah we have uh, of course it's really overwhelming to to try to tackle the problems of the world our own like this this cannot be done by one individual we need on average 10 to 15% of the population to wake up and act from the moment that one person wakes up and starts acting there is a ripple effect mm. and that is contagious and as someone who who is more aware of yourself as someone who is more aware of others your duty is to give, mm-hmm. give yourself to the world and, and, and do in a way that you feel happy and useful, because that's what is important too. it is to to enjoy the process. Otherwise, uh, there is no way of it being sustainable. Right. Yeah. So, for example, at Form, the company that I'm a co-founder, we have a one for one model with every product sold, we help a family need in the Gambia. And the reason that we chose a charity in the Gambia is because as a startup, we want that uh, principle and that value to be part of what we do at the beginning, not wait until we become like big and like super rich to then contribute. In Gambia, the Bangsang Hospital is a community where boiled eggs and bananas are the luxury items. So the amount of money that we can contribute that is like 2% of our revenue, that, yes, I could be spending somewhere else, but contributing to, that, to the flourishment of that community, it gives me like such a motivation boost that it, 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 I don't feel depleted. Like when Mariama, who is a nurse who works there, sends me like, literally, she sent like, it today. <laughs> she sent me WhatsApp pictures of like the twins that are gaining weight and blah, blah, blah. I just come to work like so happy, and as I said, um, it doesn't it doesn't Aww. cost us much. It was it only takes you
0: so to cute. to be
1: open and to find a way of happening.
0: So uh, just to get just to get a bit more information on this, mm-hmm. is it a is it a form uh, setup over there?
1: Yeah, so we partner with like this incredible woman, Anita Smith. She she's like resilience in spirit and she has a heart made of gold and 27 years ago she went to the gambia and she went to bansan hospital and at that moment um the hospital was about to to close like you would have like five children in one bed with all sorts of fluids the hospital didn't have proper anesthetics it didn't have proper electricity it had rats it's time mm. and she didn't have any experience running a charity she had no experience in hospital but she said by the moment that she was there she felt so useless by looking how much help was needed. And she said she couldn't turn her back. She couldn't like unsee all that she saw. And then for the past 27 years, she has been raising funds to that community and working with the hospital staff. And she turned, of course, with the help of their staff, their hospital into like the best hospital in the entire Gambia. People from Senegal travels to Bangsang to be treated there. Um, and they, they look after like 600,000 people per year. And Damien, who is my co-founder, he used to, to, to work with charities like UNICEF, uh, like the big, big ones. And when he set up form, he also wanted to include that element, that charitable element, but he wanted it to be t- tangible. And through a common friend, he knew Anita. And that's why we decided to partner with her. She's an incredible woman. She was awarded an MBE for the work wow. that she does in Gambia. We went to Gambia in November last year. And, and uh, Prince Charles and Camilla were in Gambia. And then she's invited to meet them and everything. <laughs> like She goes, meets the president. Wow. And she has been through like breast cancer, eye surgery, spine surgery. And she doesn't stop. She lives in the UK, but then she travels to the Gambia. Nothing stops her. She's like one who is the embodiment of altruism.
0: She sounds amazing.
1: She's amazing. You should have her on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> so. I'd love to speak
0: to her. So I think that's something that's worth saying, which is what I love so much about form, is that everything that you've spoken about up until now, with all the mindfulness, the meditation, about understanding yourself, helping yourself and others around you and the wider world as well, It's all embodied in what you do as a business. And I think I got that just from very quickly speaking with you, speaking with Louis, looking on the website, seeing the message and all the stuff that you're doing, including what you're doing in Gambia. So I think that's so lovely. So I think it's a good opportunity to move on to the way the business came about how you decided to start the business, um, what it was that led you into supplements. I know you said you did lots of different courses and stuff in a short space of time. So, yeah, if you want to enlighten us a little bit on how it all came about, that would be amazing.
1: Cool. So the brain behind Form is Damien Sung, who is my Mm co-founder. Where did you meet him? So we met March 2016. Mm -hmm. And that stage, I had quit my job as a PR director and as a PR director I was specializing in lifestyle luxury brands and I had returned from my health holistic course in the US where I was studying like the power of plant-based nutrition and learning how incredible is the power of food in healing people. And when I'm talking like healing people, I'm talking about like people who had like stage four cancer and eliminate toxins that can come from food, that can come from the environment or can even come from your thoughts. And um, I was studying naturopath biomedicine as well, doing Mm -hmm. nutrition course at CNM. And Damien was at the early stages of putting together what form is. He had connected with Dr. Arden Collins, who is our head of nutrition, a PhD nutritionist who is the head of research at Surrey, because he realized that a lot of nutrition companies, they do not have like a proper scientific background in what they do. And he he went to a PR agency to like Realize, like, understand like the costs of having a PR agency to drive awareness of the brand but that stage he didn't even have a brand he didn't have a logo he didn't have the product or anything he had an idea he saw the opportunity of like making a plant-based protein shake that resonated with him that tasted good and had no compromise on aesthetics To be a a brand that happens to be vegan without and and looks beautiful. It doesn't have like that horrible like tube or is like too hippish. And the lady who he met at the PR agency said, You know, you should go and meet Natalia. She's not my friend, but we we met a couple of times. She said, She has like nearly 10 years of experience in PR. She worked in luxury. She's really passionate about plant-based nutrition. Go and speak to her. And then when we first met, uh, I thought, no, this is really cool. This is really cool because if he gets me on board, like bear in mind, I was competing with like the most prestigious PR agents that there is. And it was like just me on my own (laughs) doing like some consulting for him. But for me, it was an incredible opportunity because in the past, I would be given like this bottle and said, OK, I want this in GQ, Vogue and uh, the Telegraph. And I would have like no input on the vision and values behind the brand and how we we make people want to talk about it instead of like just like pushing the message and with Damien, I could like create a communications strategy where the brand kind of sells itself and uh, at the beginning it was just um, I started as a consultant I I never started as a a co-founder but as soon as as he starts sending me the samples and I was Tasting the products, and I was involved in the process, I was getting really excited. And so, this is really cool. And she also has uh, very complementary skills to what I have. So, Damon, he's an engineer, he's an MBA, so he has a, a, a a figure brain like he understand numbers which when i see a spreadsheet i cry <laughs> and i have another set of skills that i'm a communicator i'm good with words i'm kind of like the heart of the company and and then once we launched um i was the first person who got like our biggest stockist uh, until these days that is planet organic and i was realizing that i could have like a way bigger role And that's when he made me a co founder. That's when he gave me shares of the business. Even though I I didn't have to invest that myself, I wouldn't be able to. Like at the time, you know, I was like doing a bit of freelancer working here, teaching meditation here and there. Um, But by seeing my enthusiasm, by seeing how much I could bring to the company, he made me like the second biggest shareholder of the company.
0: Amazing That's an incredible message For people who Put shares And all those things As a um, Priority When they're having This conversation How many shares Are you going to give me What's my salary All this stuff The message that you're Spreading there Is that Have the passion The energy The effort first And then it'll probably come down the line.
1: Yes. And also, I also have to give credit to him. Yeah. Because a lot of like founders, they do not have the same vision as he does. So he didn't see as giving me shares as he was losing his shares, but also he was bringing value to the company. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think a lot of people, A lot of founders uh, don't don't give opportunities to to the people um, who are really making the business thrive and again like i i did all of that i i didn't think he was gonna like i never thought like he would make me a co-founder i never thought about he would give me shares but then i was so involved so enthusiastic like running like the extra mile and it happened um, and, and it's amazing. It's amazing.
0: So, how much do you? I was speaking to you before before we press record. I love the branding.
1: Thank I you. I love the product
0: as well. Thank you for the samples. Thank you. I tried the chocolate and peanut, which is amazing. My favorite was the um, chocolate and salted caramel.
1: Was it? Yeah. Cool.
0: Taste wise, and because it also can pretty much replace my multivitamin.
1: Yeah, well, we have like 12 uh, superfoods in it, right? Yeah. And we have fiber as well. They just have enzymes, probiotics, and all of that.
0: Yeah. So for me, when I was looking at it, it meant that I could leave my multivitamins. So I could have the protein and that in one serving. Um, also, this might be an ego thing or just a pattern because growing up and doing a lot of like heavier weight training, I always wanted more protein. I feel like for plant based proteins, it's got a very high amount of protein in it. So a serving of forty grams is 30 grams of protein, which is generally quite high for that, vegan protein yeah.
1: companies. And 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 that's why we have a PhD nutritionist as our nutritionist, because a lot of nutrition brands, you would be surprised, especially plant based ones, yeah. they do not have like this view of performance and scientific background. Mm-hmm. Like it's just people like doing uh, because sometimes they are vegans and they realize they need to have a source of protein that is not wrapped in fat with nuts and seeds, and it's not wrapped in carbs with beans and pulses, and it's like a solely source of protein. Um, but but for Damien, from the beginning, was always very important to everything that we do. To have like a robust body of science behind it and your body can break and your liver can break up like to 30 grams of protein per meal. So that's how much you can have in your protein shake. In addition, thank you. Like people, they have like different tastes, but for us was very important that it tastes good just with water. And that's why every single flavor that we try to launch there is like thousands of interactions because it needs to taste good without any artificial sweetness without any thickness like making something taste nice like putting animal products and putting artificial chemicals in it is very easy yeah doing it in a clean way takes time yeah
0: and i think that's so important because we're not all scientists and people will ingest stuff and they just don't really know what's in it. I know. So it's really good to know you guys spend all that time with the samples, with the development of the product.
1: It makes me, I know that as a meditation mindfulness teacher shouldn't say that, but it makes me really angry to see how irresponsible people in this industry are. Yeah. Not only responsible with like the shit that they put in the product, but <laughs> also super irresponsible about doing like a, a very cheap marketing game yeah. of playing on people's insecurities, of, oh, get Peach Body ready. And you need a six pack. If you have this on that, you're not yeah. good enough. So that's why you you need our product. And that is a, a message and a tone of voice that from the beginning, we completely stale away. Yeah. Well, for us, it's like a supplement to help you perform whatever performing yeah. it is for you. That can be if you're a mother and you have like four kids and you barely have time to eat properly, make sure you get a scoop on your porridge to get more protein. Yeah. Or if you're a CEO running like a company and you're probably not sleeping Meanwhile, get a neurotropic that has zinc, magnesium, 5-HTP that is going to provide the nutrition for your brain to produce the melatonin that is going to help you sleep and you're going to be a better boss.
0: Yeah, so good. <laughs> so I think I know the campaign you're talking about, by the way, <laughs> from last year in the tube. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think if we're talking about branding and kind of the, the way that it looks, it just for me, the word that jumps out is just like clean. the branding is super clean it looks lovely and the product packaging is awesome like with the mountains and stuff in the background so you mentioned nootropics there and we've already been talking about meditation and we can talk about the benefits of meditation around when you first start you're going into more of an alpha wave and then ideally if you get into a deep meditation more of a theta which is the kind of where you go when you're in deep sleep so you're getting that restfulness as well neurotropics allow you to go into various places or different places in your brain or allow you to perform better because of what it's doing in your brain. Could you explain what happens when you're taking different neurotropics? it's such an exciting space at the moment and I don't think too many people understand what what they are or or how it can benefit you.
1: And it's interesting that most people, they don't know, but most people take a neurotropic on a daily basis and that's caffeine. Yeah. Caffeine is like the most well-known uh, a stimulant, and that's what a neurotropic does. A neurotropics has a cognitive effect in your brain with caffeine, it fights fatigue and it gives you like that boost of energy. And what we tried, and then there was like a series of like different neurotropics, but it's whatever like substance that is going to have an effect in your brain. And just to give an example of a product that we have, it is called Boost. And boost gives you a boost, <laughs> as the name says. <laughs> but what we did is, in addition to combining caffeine as an stimulant, we added the amino acid of relaxation, that is L-theanine. And in nature, you find these two together, tea. And matcha tea, it is the drink that the samurais they used to have before going into battle or like the tea that monks they have like before going in like long states of meditation because what it does it gives like the energy but you don't get the jitters. So normally when you have like caffeine you have like a spike of energy for about like one to two hours and then you go for an next cup of coffee. But when you have... Caffeine and L-theanine, you have that state of alertness for about four to six hours, where you focus but you're not like agitated. So and and then there are like other components in our products as well. So we have another product called Edge, and Edge has been formulated with uh, B vitamins. Uh, that has an uh, important play, like a substantial role in your nervous system, but also it has bacoba manuari and ginkgo giloba. And bacoba manuari and ginkgo giloba have been used in Chinese medicine for thousands of years because of the effects that has in your brain on preventing cognitive decline. Hmm. So what we are trying to do is literally combining this ancient knowledge and wisdom that comes from Chinese medicine – or Ayurvedic and back up with like the latest research and put them into a pill hmm. so that's Amazing. like on a, on a nutshell that's what neurotropics are
0: awesome thank you for explaining so the, one of the reasons why I was so excited to speak to you as well is because I've been an advocate of L-theanine for probably about maybe a couple of years now but taking it on its own with my coffee for the exact reasons that you explained and I've spoken about it on the podcast before but Not as well as you (laughs) I probably butchered it
1: Well I've probably been doing like for a long time Yeah so you're
0: allowed to be (laughs) But um, it's been something that's massively benefited me I I actually probably take L-theanine Before 90% of the podcasts that I record Wow Whether I don't know how much of an impact it has But I feel like it helps Um, And with the caffeine obviously it allows me Like you said to have that focus without the jitters Because this podcast is a peak performance podcast In its essence when I got the package of the samples, it was like the best present ever. <laughs> All the protein and the supplements and stuff was awesome. So um, might be worth speaking about as well. You spoke about your sleep supplement and how that helps with producing melatonin in the body and how you can get better sleep. Because I think that the, t- the type of people that listen to this podcast, massively high achievers, people who are wanting to do amazing things and aspire to do great things, whether it's in their business or physically with achieving um, sporting goals, whatever it might be, Often that can lead us to having perhaps moments of anxiety or maybe not sleeping particularly well because we're constantly in do mode. What does the sleep supplement, how does it work and what does it do?
1: I think like the first thing that I, the first message that I, I would like to share is that it's not a pill that is going to solve all your problems. Okay. And it is really important that number one, whoever, how, doesn't matter how passionate about you are, but if you think of athletes, athletes who are peak performance, they understand and they value the importance of sleeping for restoring the body.
0: How much should we sleep?
1: Ah, uh, that th- that's that's a question that it, it depends. But there is a book called Why We Sleep yeah. that I f- I really recommend. And we have uh, Doctor Catherine who is a PhD in circadian rhythm. And she says that it, it depends between like seven and nine. But it is important that what you use as, um, as an indicator on how much you should be sleeping or not is, do you wake up, feel restored? Do you wake up, feel like you need energy? Dr. Catherine, she said that you shouldn't need and have a coffee first thing on the day. You should have enough cortisol until like 10, 30, 11 to get mm. your body going and then having a cup of coffee. So the second thing is making people understand that again you were not wasting time when you're sleeping. You're gaining time. Your body is like rebuilding itself. Your brain is processing and retaining all the information and the knowledge that you get through the day. You're increasing your capacity of concentration um, physically, your immune system is going to work better. You're not going to get ill. Uh, emotionally, you're going to be a, a better person to be around. So it's so, so important. But as you said, some people, they find it difficult to relax. And in Z's, that is our neurotropic, we have magnesium. And magnesium allows the muscles to, to, to relax. And then when you can relax the muscles, you can then relax your mind and your brain and then also it has zinc and a lot of uh, studies showed that the lack of zinc can lead to problems with sleeping so then having zinc allows you to have to get into like deep states of sleeping yeah
0: zinc magnesium i've taken it in the past and it just gives me like really deep sleep but like really weird dreams
1: L- lucid dreamy. <laughs> i'm doing a research on that next week actually are you
0: yeah interesting
1: and and then five htp that is the precursor of serotonin that is involved in the production of melatonin mm,
0: that's what i wanted to ask you about okay and
1: and that's what is important that some of like sleeping pills they are melatonin yeah. and when you take melatonin on its own your body becomes accustomed to it yeah. and becomes a little bit lazy and you stop producing it so you get addicted and hooked on yeah. these pills. We didn't want to do that. We just want as a supplement brand, mm. what we want to do, it is supplementing your nutrition so you can rest.
0: So so a bit of context for listeners, melatonin is something that's produced in our body naturally which is the thing that allows us to fall asleep in the same, same way that serotonin is produced to allow us to wake up and this is how the circadian rhythm works. So I was interested to know that the thing you mentioned there, which helps produce melatonin, I understand there's not a load of research around what it does or they're starting to get more research on it. Could you fill us in a little bit on,
1: on, the, research. on the
0: research and how, how maybe you kind of use the research in your development of products? Uh,
1: the, the field of nutrition, it is like such a new field. Like nutrition became a science in, th- in the 60s really. And I remember when I was studying biomedicine, we have to be like really cautious because it's very tricky to do nutritionist studies because every single body has a different way of observing nutrients. Every single person, especially if you like comparing like men and woman, woman has a lot more going on with like the hormones Mm -hmm. profiles and men, men are simpler. And there are like so much research out there that can prove basically anything and everything. <laughs> so using the quality controlled studies, using the studies that are meta study are really important when we are making our decisions on what to have and what not to have. And again, we have Dr. Arden Collins who is training the nutritionists of the future. So everything that we do, we do like has the experience of someone who is in labs for like over 20 years and I think when you have that experience when you have like over 20 years under your belt, you can see through like fads and trends and and everything and she and that's what we rely on that's who we go say this is what we want to do. What do you think? What should you have? What should not have? Is that going to work? What are the studies that support this? And he does the thinking for
0: us. <laughs> Amazing. That's a really And a this has
1: been like the product that has, uh, if you go on a website and if you read the reviews, it is really rewarding, really, really rewarding because for people who have like suffering with insomnia, for people that have been struggling with sleeping, to be able to close their eyes and rest is such a beautiful and yeah. powerful thing
0: yeah I know I spoke to people who do really suffer with sleeping and it sounds like torture I've had it at one stage in my life when it was the first time I ever experienced anxiety <clears throat> first time I ever experienced anxiety and I'd wake up in the night and couldn't get back to sleep for a couple of hours and it was just like the most horrendous thing like just lying there really wanting to get to sleep so it's amazing that you're having um, an impact on people who are suffering with that
1: yeah and, 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 and I think it's important as well to to not force it. I think like the worst thing that you, you you have to do when you're trying to sleep is forcing yourself to sleep instead of like just surrender there. And that's where like breathing techniques can help. Mm-hmm. That's why Yoga Nidra can help. That's why potentially listening to bad stories from the, the meditation app calm can help. Yeah. Um, Stephen
0: Fry audiobook. I'll do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it is it is important that people also understand that whatever we do throughout the day impacts the quality of our yeah. sleep as well. Hmm. So that's something else to be aware of. Not not just okay, I'm now in bed and I cannot sleep. But what about what have you done like the whole day? Yeah,
0: I think um, that's huge because I think so much of what leads to people suffering is expectation.
1: Oh yeah, I, there is a, there, I
0: forgot the, the
1: author of this quote, but he says that expectation, it is resentment under construction.
0: Hmm Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I agree because I think that like oh, it, using your experience uh, using your example there of sleep you can often just have the craziest day with no regard for your rest at all and just get in bed and expect to fall asleep and have your eight hours or whatever it is
1: maybe you didn't get like enough light exposure it's so important to yeah. have like light exposure like go outside mm-hmm. for like 10-15 minutes Get light exposure. Yeah. It's so important, like to regulate the amount of caffeine that you have as well. You might think, "Oh, caffeine doesn't affect me." Caffeine affects everyone. It depends on in different people, different levels. Yeah. How much sugar you had on a day.
0: Yeah. So, what's your routine with supplements? Then, obviously, being part of a supplement business, you get all the ins and outs. You're working with the people at the top of the game. What's your routine? Like, what are the things that you're taking on a day to day basis?
1: You, you'll be surprised that I, I don't take a lot. Okay. And that's one of our philosophies at, at Form as well. That's why we have like a very lean range of products because we believe that if you live a life where you eat well, you're resting, you're taking care of yourself, there is no reason like, for popping like a lot of uh, supplements. Mm -hmm. The most important thing is like doing the free things that are going to support your health, your immune system. Okay. And I'm vegan. So I'm plant based. So I do take edge because edge has uh, B vitamins and and that's really important. I also take vitamin C and I like vitamin C because I'm going to be 37 this year and we start like worrying about like production of collagen in your face mm, so does it
0: help with that cuz i take i take 1000 milligrams of vitamin c every morning Do you? yeah
1: i take vitamin c but i
0: take it for immune system though
1: but it's good for your immune system as well. But I, I'm just like sharing that I'm still like a pretty vain person. Like, <laughs> I, but I'm one that I do well, not. It's working?
0: Want, yeah, no, I don't
1: want to have like Botox on my face. I, I do not want to have like any sort of invasive procedures. I I live my life in a very natural way. Like my makeup remo- remover is like coconut oil. So yeah, you look that, great. You don't
0: even look like you wear any makeup.
1: I have a bit of makeup. Really? Yeah, you look great. <laughs> Just a bit, um, but I when I was, I take I take protein shakes. I okay. do. I Which take, one do you take? I take both, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what flavors? You know, but, but, but even before having form, I used to take. Um, protein as well i i use like american brands instead of using uk brands and that was also why i was so passionate about like being part of form because the only brands that i used to consume are americans i didn't like any of like the uk stuff here so that's why it was important yeah. i take super blend and i take performance i take both
0: so the performance you take after training and i do and super blend once.
1: super blend sometimes i use as my my dessert so oh, nice. yeah, i blend the the chalk and caramel with uh, a bit of avocado and a tiny bit of of plant-based milk and then i have with a spoon i have a sugar monster inside of me and i know that <laughs> eating a lot of sugar is not good so my job it is to turn um like protein recipes like indulgent oh, yeah. and make them feel good like tiramisu Tiramisu, you have like a scoop of tiramisu with coconut yogurt and it's amazing yeah
0: okay that's the one i haven't tried yet tiramisu let's oh, give that a go Oh, so
1: good so good <laughs> i'll try that
0: tomorrow <laughs> um okay awesome so last question around the kind of supplement stuff what should people try if they're going to try form what's some what's a nice way to take it would you just suggest with water or is there like a nice smoothie mix with uh, i often put bananas uh almond milk maybe some spinach in there as well
1: I think I think you nailed it. Okay. I think I think that's really good, especially if you're having performance. It's good to have a bit of greens on it because performance has been formulated to to add uh, muscle recovery. So we have uh, curcumin, that is the active ingredient of turmeric, that fights inflammation, so allows your muscles to repair quickly but we don't have any greens on it so if you want to have an extra iron if you want to have like extra vitamins you add like your spinach to it if you want like a little bit creamier like a third of a frozen or or half of a frozen banana is really good ice for me is always a must in my smoothies and and a good quality plant-based milk and when i say good quality no uh sugar added or no thickness as well um, yeah I, I normally have my chocolate peanuts sometimes just with milk and plant based milk <laughs> and, yeah. and ice <clears throat> but sometimes when I feel I, I develop a lot of our recipes because I understand that people they like variation and the other day I made a really delicious mango lassi Okay. With our vanilla flavor. So good quality plant-based milk, tahini. Tahini is an important source of calcium for vegans. And then you put like mango. It has to be, rip so you buy it and then you wait a little bit until it's like juicy and yeah. sweet mango
0: is the best when you get ripe mango
1: i know so good and then lots of ice <laughs> and tiny bit of cardamom and it's delicious it's okay.
0: really really good awesome okay when we put the episode out maybe we'll put a little recipe to try to the vanilla song that would be awesome okay great so we spoke about your supplements what you take daily we were going to talk about it earlier on when we were chatting what's your meditation practice what are you doing day to day
1: I I do 20 minutes a day so I, I wake up, I look at the sky I don't wake up with my phone. I have like a, a little like Lumi lamp next to oh, me. Oh, do you? I've been I wanting do. one for ages. Oh my, it's like put, the natural wake up, right? I can up, right? in contact with the lady Okay, does. amazing. Um, <laughs> I love Dash. I love it. It's like waking up with sunshine on your face. Yeah. And it's like a gentle way of like telling your body, okay, let's go. It's time to start your day.
0: And it starts like 50 minutes or something before your alarm, right? So it gla- gradually like it gets light on you yes. naturally. Yes, yeah, it
1: does so then i don't not have like my phone next to me like my phone lives in the living room uh i go to, to the toilet pee brush my teeth wash my face and then i go to the cushion i go to the cushion and i sit
0: forward. so like a meditation cushion yes yeah
1: yeah but people don't need to go to a meditation cushion like if you want to sit down on your yeah. chair it's important that you find a position that is at the same time you're alert and relaxed and I'm back into my Vedic practice. So at the moment, I'm using mantras. So I have the mantra that I've been taught and uh, I've been using it. Uh, But before, I was on and off with Vedic, uh, especially because Vedic is slightly different from all the modalities that we have um, in Buddhism. But before, I was simply bring my awareness to my senses and bringing the awareness to my breath, and I would count, or I would use a word to anchor myself, and and then I have like a timer on my phone that after like 20 or 24 minutes it rings and would bring me, and then I'll, sometimes I journal. I love like doing journaling, and and then I start my day. I I don't have like this. And I know a lot of people that have like their power hour and they have all these different things that they do for performance and blah, blah, blah. I (laughs) really try to keep simple and to not add like too much pressure on myself. I, I exercise. Um, in the morning as well, uh which is which is important. I I do my cardio or I do weight or I do yoga.
0: Do you do all that at home? No. You go to the gym for it?
1: I, I go to a yoga studio or I go to the gym. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't I don't I i I I'm not one to exercise at home. No, it doesn't work for me. I know I, I, I really admire people who do it. Uh, and I'm very privileged to, to not have children. So I, I decide what I want to do with my nice. time. Um, but yes, I, I love like going to this space because then I get my mind into this space. Okay, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing like Peloton for 45 minutes and that's it. Oh, I'm here for like a 90 minutes Vinyasa Flow. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And also the sense of community, the sense of interaction, having people around that you can ask for help or I, I find that it's important. Otherwise you're just like too isolated. Like you have like delivery, you have um, you interact with your family through your phone and then you have like your exercise at home and blah, blah, blah. I think it's important to get connection throughout yeah, your day.
0: That's brilliant. And it's really good to hear as well. So you, you do all of your routine in the morning, sit down straight away, do your meditation. You haven't checked your phone at all at this stage.
1: I'm not gonna uh, I would be lying if I tell you yes, 100% of the time. <laughs> 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 uh, I think we need to, to be real here. <laughs> I do make the thought to not go on my phone before I meditate. But sometimes, my family lives in Brazil, and sometimes there is something happening there that i i, I wanted to look at my whatsapp and see what is happening on the weekend i manage our form social media account so then on the weekend sometimes i, I have to yeah. go in the phone a little bit early like just to see dms just sometimes you know there is an exciting thing that is happening in the us with form and then i wanted to know mm-hmm. and i know that if i go in and look I wouldn't be thinking of that during my meditation. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I think like
1: sometimes the trick is to be intentional on why are you going to your phone? Are you going to your phone? And is that going to become like a vortex where it's just like a rabbit roll that you don't get out of it? Or is it actually just going to ease your mind? And then you know it's going to be seconds that you open that screen, but then You have the power to shut down that screen and then go back to whatever it's important for you to do. Yeah,
0: amazing. That awareness again, isn't it? Just touch, begin. Be just just
1: intentional with your time. Just be vigilant with your thoughts, be vigilant with your words, and be vigilant with your actions.
0: Yeah, okay. (laughs) Try. That's all we can do. Yeah. Okay, so we did the same with three questions at the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. I know you've listened to some. You listened to the Ben Tansley episode, didn't you? I did. So the first of these three is, is there anything you've discovered or come across recently that you're particularly excited about that you'd like to share with the audience?
1: I think I, I, yesterday I finished reading uh, Shoe Dog. Hmm. That book was something that I I discovered and it was something that a lot of people were telling me that I should read, that I must read, and I I, I didn't get really interested, but my intern who is now no longer with us, it was like her living present. So I thought, okay, we God made this gift. I better read it. <laughs> and I I had like tears running out my face wow. when when I finished and I finished yesterday. So that was something that I discovered and I recommend everyone who wants to start a business, um, who wants to Put a brand with a spirit behind, read that book without any misconceptions that you might have around Nike, but read that story because it's fascinating.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's one of my favorites. I have uh, on my website a list of books that everybody should read who's starting their journey or whatever it is they're going on. And that's the one of the ones at the top. So Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, which is his, the memoir of the journey of building Nike, one of the biggest businesses in the world. And such a good message for people. Like we were saying before how he nearly went bankrupt like a million times while he was building it. So, such and a great story.
1: W- and what, what I was really surprised, it is how spiritual he is.
0: Mm. In what sense?
1: Like you go through the book and there is a lot of like spiritual messages in that book. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs>
0: Like what? Could you think of one now?
1: Yes. um, One of the things that I I literally, I I can even read because I I wrote that down. Amazing. So, because that's going to be my post for today. (laughs) And he says, we wanted, as all great business, to do, to create, to contribute, and we dared to say so aloud. When we make something, when you improve something... When you deliver something, when you add some new things or service to the lives of strangers, making them happier or healthier or safer or better, when you do all crisply and efficiently, smartly, the way everything should be done, but seldom is, you are participating more fully in the whole grand human drama. More than simply a life, you are helping others to live more fully. And that's, if that's business, all right, call yeah. me a businessman. You can call <laughs> me a businesswoman as well. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's like all the principle of like interconnection. Contribution. That is all the, the, the principle of like going outside your own interest, yeah. your own self. And it's amazing. Wow.
0: Awesome. I love that so much. That's brilliant. And then
1: also he talks a lot about like having a, a calling. He talks a lot about... And, 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 having a, a what? A calling. Like having a calling. Like that yeah. deep desire. Yeah. That again, like he, he his motivation was never money. His motivation was innovation. His motivation was creating yeah. culture. His motivation was creating community. Yeah. His motivation is like giving like uh, these outliers a space for them to to flourish
0: like Prefontaine and all those athletes who are at the forefront of athletics and at the beginning yeah amazing okay brilliant one love that so the second one of these three is I think I might know the answer but if there was one practice that you had to recommend to everybody who's listening (laughs) for them to incorporate into their day that's going to drive their performance what would that be you've probably got loads to suggest but if there was one you had to suggest a
1: spiritual practice and and that I'm um, I'm not like a person to tell what a spiritual practice is going to look like to you. That for some people might be like going to the church, and it, it, there are like several types of church. For other people, that might be connecting with nature. For other people, it might be meditation. But get some sort of like support. Get some sort of like space to really allow yourself to connect to your inner strength. Hmm. Because from that place, everything is possible.
0: Amazing. Finding that space. If someone was listening to this and they felt inspired to try some sort of meditation, what would you suggest they do for their first step on the ladder of going down the meditation route? What, what would you suggest they can go and do now? Go sit somewhere. What, would, what should they do?
1: There is an app called Insight Timer. And it's interesting because I have my app and I recommend other people's mm-hmm. app <laughs> right. You see I'm not here for plugging, I'm here to help. <laughs> the reason that I recommend Insight Timer is because Insight Timer has a broad range of types of meditations, styles of teachers, times and languages as well. So if maybe you're not English uh, and you want like guided meditations in German in or in Italian or in Spanish you might be able to find Something that is suitable for your mind in that app. And that's why I suggested that. You can also go to Sexy Mind. That is my app. But um, I have a slightly different way of teaching and that might not resonate with people. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand that it's because you didn't resonate with that style of practice or that teacher. It doesn't mean that meditation is not for you. Yeah. Uh, and, And if you can find a space... A physical space to practice that's really good i go to buddhist um uh, temples and i go like to like that like some places in london that i go because uh, they are free
0: can you recommend one
1: yes i like jam young
0: okay and that, that is
1: that is um it's close to elephant and castle okay and they have like amazing teachers coming um they have like the teachers there, but they also have like a variety of teachers and you can get like free books from them and they they rely on dana that is the principle of generosity so you donate what you can what you mm. cannot what you you what you cannot and and no one is turned down because you don't have funds. So, so what's it I called think it's jame young jame young yes J A Y M G. I'm dyslexic, so don't trust me on that. <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> we'll find it. We'll, on, find it. we'll find it. Jame Young in Elephant yeah, and Castle. yeah. So.
0: Okay, awesome. That's a good one. Really, really good suggestion. That's two amazing ones. So, the last one of these three is if you had to pick one key trait and one differentiator between the version of yourself who's sitting across from you now, who's achieved all the amazing things that you have, both spiritually and in the business world, and a version of yourself who wouldn't have gone on to achieve those things what would that thing be?
1: Sorry, I, don't, I didn't understand the question.
0: Yeah, I didn't ask it very well. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, That's not, that's not playing the, the, the flaming of, yeah, game here. I ran out of coffee. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, imagine there's two... This is how I normally ask it. Imagine okay. there's two versions of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So there's two Natalias. One of them went on to come to the uk learn english have all the success you had in communications go on to go through your um, meditation practices all the studying all the amazing things that you did there and finding yourself all the monasteries all that stuff becoming a part of the team at form doing really well there being on your life mission finding your purpose all that stuff and having the success that you've had there's that version then there's another one who wouldn't have achieved those things what was if you could pick one thing that said that's why you became this person versus one who wouldn't have done anything. What was that key trait?
1: It's spiritual practices. Really? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Having that knowledge that once you tap into that higher intelligence that is beyond your limitations, once you realize that your role is to co-create, once you surrender and you, you rely on that invisible force that is guiding you that is supporting you once you 're open to that, there is no struggles and even when there are problems problems they don 't become as much as problems, and that is a hundred percent where I stand, and this is i I cannot have any supplements, I cannot like go to yoga but yoga is a form of a spiritual practice i cannot like not do weights but spiritual practice and being connected to like that higher intelligence it is something that gets me everywhere
2: wow.
1: everywhere 100% of the time and as soon as i'm disconnected to it i i can feel it i'm not being myself i'm not being like the greatest version of myself for me the greatest version of myself comes from having a place where I cultivate kindness, I cultivate compassion, I cultivate wisdom, I cultivate patience, and that comes from my spiritual practices.
0: Amazing. (laughs) If that doesn't make you want to meditate, I don't know what will. (laughs) Thank you so much for chatting to me. It's been amazing hearing about where you came from, just coming here for six months to learn English, to the amazing things that you've done on the journey. So hugely inspiring. Thank you so much.
1: No, thank you for having me and, and thank you for listening. And, and my sincere hope is that it benefits people.
0: It will. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so there it is guys thank you so much for listening I'd love to hear your feedback whether it's about meditation about supplements you might take I actually studied nutrition at university it was one of the things that I focused on and was surprised by how little I knew before I'd done that and it's something that I'm really passionate about now and it's something that is so key in driving performance in whatever we're doing whether that's physical or mental so I'd be really keen to hear people's thoughts and feedback on what we've just spoken about there also if anyone wanted to try a form as well I'd love to hear what your feedback is they have epic flavours with the tiramisu that we spoke about The salted caramel, which is the one that I've been taking recently. And of course, any feedback on meditation. I always do my meditation in the morning because it's before my mind gets cluttered with everything else during the day. I really struggle to sit down in the evening, which is probably a sign that I should actually try (laughs) a little bit harder to do that. But I'd love to hear anyone's feedback on nutrition, meditation practices, anything like that. If you want to get in touch, you can tag me at markwhittle underscore TF. Tag Natalia at Natalia Bojanic and form at form nutrition all on instagram put it in your stories or post it however you prefer we'd love to connect and chat with you on there and thanks so much for listening next week we've got another banger i can't wait to release that one it's been in the pipeline for some time got some video footage around that one as well so we're going to be speaking with the fantastic john Ryder, wba super middleweight champion he won in vegas earlier this year an unbelievable knockout he's had highlight after highlight knockout this year And then also my brother Dan Lawrence, absolute hero, love Dan, he's brilliant, I've trained with him before. He's the head of performance for Matchroom Boxing, which is the company that Eddie Earn runs, which I'm sure people will be familiar with if they like sport. We talk all about an athlete and coach's relationship, and we talk about different training methods and techniques, and then also what it's like getting in the ring for John. He's also just announced a brand new fight that he's going to be having in November with Callum Smith which is set to be a huge, huge championship fight. And I can't wait for you guys to hear the episode. But until then, stay positive, stay motivated, and take flight.